it's been a bit of an epiphany for me to not try and be that manager the way and not manage the way that I was managed when I was younger to be more supportive and informative and I think relaxed and trusting that's a big one trusting people who've been with me for a long time and giving them the opportunity to run the businesses this is the deep in the weeds podcast I'm Anthony Huckstep Last time we caught up with Andrew Baturo, he'd realised his restaurants had veered away from their original identities by trying to be everything to everyone. So he set himself a mission to either strip them back to their original concept or take them into a new model that suited the new dawn of hospitality. Andrew, how are you? Very well, Huck. How are you? I'm good. It's, it's good to catch up with you again. How, how are things travelling? Well, really good. Um, obviously, last time we spoke was um, during COVID, and uh, and you know that uh, the situation and all the uh, obstacles that presented themselves then. Um, but everything's been really good. Brisbane's um, really on the up. I'm sure you realise a lot of people are talking about Brisbane and Queensland at the moment, especially with the hospitality scene burgeoning up here. So um, no, I'm excited uh, for what's happening up here. I'm excited for the future of the Olympics, uh, the infrastructure. And, uh, and a lot of big, big changes, big precincts on, on the move as well. So, um, yeah, and it's beautiful winter weather right now. <laughs> yes, well, I, I do. I am quite envious of that. But, um, you know, it's pretty amazing up there in Brisbane. The evolution is, has been extraordinary in the last um, decade or so, and you've been a big part of that. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're doing and the restaurants you have at the moment. Well, that's very kind of you to say. Um, well, since uh, since I spoke to you last, I've actually had a restaurant that's been and gone, Naga Thai Restaurant, which was a very popular restaurant that I put into Eagle Street Pier right on the Brisbane River. Um, it was really, really well received, really great brand, really exciting concept. Uh, unfortunately, going into it, I knew that it was only going to be a short-term lease as Eagle Street Pier is being, well, has been, I mean, told the word is deconstructed, not demolished. And, uh, and uh, sounds like it, a dessert. Exactly right. It is. Uh, it's, it's 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 coming down, and um, in its place will be Eagle Street Pier 2.0, which I think is absolutely fantastic for Brisbane, right on the river. Lots of green spaces. Um, so I think that's going. To, that's a great project. That's obviously uh, well. It could be completed by 2027. So we had to close Naga, and I'm currently on the lookout for a great location to to. To do that again, but um, as that happened, I also realised obviously that was coming up, and I was offered a location in the old Kingsley site on the river at Riparian Plaza, overlooking the Story Bridge, overlooking the river, just beautiful location, and was generously offered the tenancy by the Riparian Plaza team. And uh, since then, since August last year, I've been running Tillerman Seafood Restaurant out of that space, which is a beautiful, a beautiful space, beautiful venue with, um, you know, delicious Queensland seafood on top of it all. So there's been a bit going on. Um, the other big news is uh, my business partners and I have very close to finalising our deal or our, our lease with um, Dexis on the old Polo Club, which is a three-storey uh, three-story building, uh, beautiful old heritage building 
It sits right at the uh, the welcome mat, I call it, to the new Eagle Street Pier precinct. So we're very close to finalising that and getting that underway with with build and, and amazing concepts. That's amazing. T- tell us a little bit more about uh, the Tillerman Seafood Restaurant. You've got so many different offerings. Is it different doing something that's so dedicated to seafood? Oh, definitely. It's a, it's a new challenge, of course. Um, but after Eagle Street Pier closed and... I looked around and there really wasn't much in terms of riverside seafood offerings um, in Brisbane. Yeah, well, there were a few. Um, uh, The jetty was, uh, sorry, jellyfish, my apologies, uh, was there recently. That was a really, really popular and well-loved seafood restaurant. Uh, And there were a couple of other ones at Eagle Street Pier, as I said, but unfortunately Eagle Street Street Pier no more. And it left, I think, a bit of a hole, and uh, and one that I was uh, I was certainly thought would be a great one to fill for for us as a as a concept. Also, seafood is obviously you know we have unbelievably great seafood in Australia, particularly in Queensland. I just felt like it was something with the design. I had Hog and Lamb, um, uh, Greg Lamb from Hog and Lamb, design the space. So it's got this beautiful resort feel. Um, the idea is that you can go in there and have a little mini break a micro vacation, if you will, um, settle into one of our beautiful chairs, have a couple of cocktails, some beautiful seafood, and just lounge around for the afternoon um, and, and kind of forget about things for a little while because there's a lot of bleak news out there as well. One of the um, amazing things that I remember from our chat previously that you were really embracing the disruption that was occurring to all the restaurants with COVID and, and looking at it as a, as a chance to reset and rethink and, and relook at your restaurants. What sort of changed for you and the restaurants in this period? I wouldn't say I embraced it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it was just a matter of uh, kind of accepting the circumstances. But yes, you're right. It was, uh, as we spoke about back then, Huck, um, it was all about an opportunity kind of, I think I, I refer to it as something like being in the matrix where you could look at everything, you know, in, in, in situ and look at it from a 3D and look at it from above and beyond and below and, and really have a look at where it had gotten to incrementally over time, um, which may have impacted potentially um, customer satisfaction and loyalty. Uh, and it gave you the opportunity to, to take away all those things that have been added incrementally and strip it back to what was essentially the original concept. Um, it's very easy to do those things over time in restaurants, in any business. Um, so, yeah, it was a great. And I also remember, too, that because COVID and the lockdowns were mandatory and that the, you know, the government told us that's what we had to do, there was also, for the first time, I can remember a real sense of peace. It was almost zen-like in that I didn't have to go to work. I didn't have the, the, the white noise of different businesses running around in, in my mind at all times of the day and night. And it was an opportunity to just really reset physically and emotionally and mentally, almost spiritually as well. And it was wonderful because I realise now that I will never, ever I, I, oh, sorry, I possibly would never have had that opportunity to have that period of quiet probably for a long, long time, if ever. So I always go back to that and I always reference it and it's very important to me to remember to be peaceful and calm at times and, uh, and remember what it was like back then when you couldn't go anywhere. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough to live out in Sanford, which is out west of Brisbane, um, the very, very beautiful little 
community out there with lots of trees and, and it's quite, you know, big, big, uh, big properties. And so I got to really enjoy just being, being out there in the quiet and the nature and it was just, and, and spending time, of course, with the family was wonderful. Do you have any examples of how things have changed for a particular restaurant for the better during this sort of um, time for you? Well, Libertine, interestingly, when things started coming back online a little bit after COVID, what I really noticed was that a lot of the businesses that had provided consistency over the, over many years prior to that were the ones that people were going back to and spending their money at because they felt like we're going to go to places where we know we were going to get the value. We know we're going to get the great service and the great, and, and we're going to look, get looked after. So in, in that respect, it was really, really beautiful to see how many people came back to Libertine, uh, to Walters, to Popolo, and of course, the Gresham as well at that stage, and really embraced the, 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 the consistency that we'd spent so many, many years creating and providing. So they really went there because they felt like, well, if we're going to spend our money, we're going to spend it somewhere we know we're going to have this wonderful experience. So that was great. The other thing we mentioned, I think, was the Gresham where we pulled it back to because of the restrictions on capacity. We, 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 we turned it from, you know, a walk up to the bar type of arrangement where now it's all seated and people can come in, grab a table, they can stay for as long as they like, and, but they get table service. It's a very New York style of, of bar. And that's continued and has been incredibly successful for us. It, it just gives people the opportunity to really, it's given us the opportunity as, as, as servers to really impart our wisdom and our knowledge about the different cocktails and whiskies and spirits and beers at the table, like a waiter almost, um, without having the rush of trying to get things done at the bar and not having that interaction with really, really knowledgeable staff. So that's been really well received. And I'm, I'm glad we had the opportunity to do that. And I don't think we would have been able to do it if it hadn't been for COVID, to be honest. How do you run so many different venues? Like what's important um, structurally to get all of those venues sort of doing what they do best? I think at the end of the day, it comes down to just being a really supportive uh, boss or employer. Um, I've got staff now and managers have been within my team now for, for decades and the loyalty and the support that I get from that those teams provides the opportunity for me to work on the next business and the next businesses. At the same time, they're, they're providing me with that, that same support and they can move and continue with the business. So I think it, it, it's taught me a lot about managing because the way that I was managed when I was younger and coming up in hospitality <laughs> was very different to the way that I have to manage now or, and, or, or would like to manage now, actually. I love being the, manager, the type of manager that I am now because I really care. I, I just realized how much I really care about my team. I really care about the staff. I really care about the patrons. Um, it's a really, it's been a, it's been a bit of an epiphany for me to not try and be that manager that the way, and not manage the way that I was managed when I was younger, to be more supportive and informative and I think relaxed. 
and trusting. That's a big one. Trusting people who have been with me for a long time and giving them the opportunity to run the businesses. It's amazing that you've had staff um, stay with the business for so long. Is there, is there um, one or two that sort of stand out that you can tell us about and sort of the career path that they've had through your company? Oh, the first one that comes to mind is Gizem, uh, Gizem Temeskan. She started at Libertine nearly a decade ago as a waitress and has since worked her way up into my, through my businesses into a general, she's now the general manager of Tillman Seafood Restaurant and she is about to embark on an operations role. Um, Savisa Poonsang uh, also came to me at Tillman about a decade ago as a, as a wonderful Thai chef and she, she cooked French Vietnamese uh, at Libertine, which was, and she had such a wonderful understanding of dressings and sauces and and so on. Um, and then we moved. She helped me open up Naga, so we were cooking her favourite childhood food from northern uh, Thailand, which is incredible. Um, lots of chili, lots of colour, um, and lots of fun. That was a really fun, vibrant restaurant, and she just really, really enjoyed it in there. And then, of course, when Naga closed, um, she's come across now. She's heading up the Tillerman uh, kitchen team and looking to go into an executive role in the not too distant future. Oh, the other one I'd like to mention is Kelly Feldberg who started with us probably eight or so years ago. Um, she was working, um, she started working as an operations manager for the Dapp & Co side of my business which is with uh, Dennis and Paul and we own, Dapp & Co has Walters, Popolo and the Gresham and Kelly has just been an incredibly consistent, supportive, just a, an amazing operations manager for that for that side of the group over the last eight years. Like you know, it, it, it's in, it's a real credit to what she's achieved um, with those businesses as well. When when you ha- you own the business and you run the business and you're giving that license to a chef to really explore, say their heritage, like you mentioned there. Um, what, what's that like for you going through that process and, and and letting go of that sort of that trust? Well, it's a little emotional because it's hard. You don't get into these businesses without wanting to have a certain level of control. And, a certain, you know, there's a certain amount of your, you know, you that want that you sees things and you want them done a certain way. But I'm also finding that wisdom is in the group. And so this is a great example of... There's things that she knows about Thai cuisine that I will never know. Um, so to be led on, on that journey and let her take the lead on that journey was incredible because it was very emotional for her and then it became really emotional for the rest of us because we were talking about dishes she used to cook in the kitchen as a seven-year-old with her father, who she adores, um, in, you know, and, 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 and dishes that we never would have thought of um, that really resonated. And at the end of the day, it just felt like this, you know, the passion and the love was in every single dish. And I think that's part of why Naga was so successful. It was just in such a short period. It was, people could really feel, I think, the authenticity, but also the emotion and, and the history that went into a lot of those dishes. You've, you've had some pretty big changes with, with the businesses and you mentioned a little bit of a, a chance for you to sort of reflect during this period of time. What, what's changed for you personally in this time and sort of um, what you want to get moving forward? I think, um, you know, the kids are getting older um, and, and, as, and as they get older, I think you realise too that, you know, the time that they're going to be spending at home is diminishing. So 
it's really important that I'm focused in on my family. Um, and so in order to do that, the trust needs to keep being returned back to the people who've shown a lot of trust in me. Um, but at the same time, um, I've, I've realised my real excitement in hospitality comes from developing concepts, looking at sites, um, just kind of working off, you know, from the napkin to, uh, you know, a, a, a created concept is just a fantastic journey for me. I love the creativity. I love the strategy. I love trying to kind of psychoanalyze what people are going to think of it and what they're going to like and what, you know, and, and the potential pitfalls. So I, I think as I relinquish more and more responsibility to my key managers and team, it allows me a bit more freedom, A, to spend with my family, but B, to also investigate uh, fantastic new options and opportunities. We, we talked about at the top of the show that Brisbane's, you know, the evolution has been amazing and there's so much going on and um, to look forward to as well. What do you love about the Brisbane hospitality scene and what's a real standout for you? A big standout for me, I would have to say, is even up to maybe only a few years ago, there was a lot of times a new development or a new precinct or a new opportunity would come up and the landlords would potentially go and source Melbourne or Sydney uh, chefs or identities to run those businesses uh, to create a profile for their tower or precinct or whatever they were doing. However, I really feel strongly now that the homegrown talent here is really making a name for itself. And it's absolutely amazing to see what, you know, the Simon Gloftus and Ty from Same Same and Bianca Group, you know, Michael Tassis is doing some great stuff. There's some really, really good local and homegrown talent that are getting really good opportunities now. Don't have to look as far afield as we used to. And in fact, um, I feel like there's almost a preference for, for, for the Brisbane-born um, uh hospitality operator now because they really understand Brisbane and Brisbane the Brisbane population is not the same as the Melbourne population or the Sydney demographics it's very very different so we understand it and, and it gives us probably the best chance of success so I love that you know what and, and don't get me wrong if it hadn't been for Sydney and Melbourne and other international um, chefs and, and, and operators coming to Brisbane it wouldn't have lifted us to the level that we are now so we've got We've got to thank the Van Handels and Matt Moran for coming up here and showing us, you know, what's what and uh, giving us the opportunity to kind of rise to the occasion. Well, it's pretty amazing um, what's going on up there and also what you're doing. Um, it, there seems to be sort of a rejuvenation in the industry and a new dawn. Um, what do you think the opportunities are for the next couple of years for those with their eyes open? Well, obviously, there's a massive surplus of people coming to Brisbane now and Queensland. Um, you know, the, the, the opportunities have, have remained the same. I mean, it's a great climate. It's a great place to live. There's so much space. You've got beaches and you've got mountains. You've got, you know, the Great Barrier Reef. Everything is oh, – Brisbane is a jumping off point to so many amazing activities and adventures and natural wonders. Um, and people have – you know, I think COVID actually ironically put Brisbane on the map – and of course, you know, uh, the advent of James Street and Howard Smith Wharfs up here has really kind of shot Brisbane to the top of the hospitality mind. And 
I think that it's just it, it's not going to change. I mean, the weather's going to stay the same. You know, the the, the people are really friendly. Um, the quality of living up here is fantastic, and I think Brisbane just got named in the top fifty Time Magazine cities of the world. So, you know, it is a um, it's the place to be, Huck. And uh, <laughs> I encourage everyone to drop everything and come up to Brisbane and join us. We're having a great time up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andrew, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you and it's great to hear the continued success um, that you're bringing not only to your group but to the city as well. Um, please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Huck. Can I just say too, you know, I love what you do as well. I think we all appreciate it and we all you know, find it a fantastic um, exercise and, and, and always look forward to listening to your podcast. So thank you as well. Thanks, mate. We'll talk soon. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>